It's This Week in Bourbon. It's what all the cool kids are listening to for bourbon news. And now here's your headlines for July 8th, 2022. Bardstown Bourbon Company has entered into an agreement to acquire Green River Spirits Company. Jackie Zykin announces her next venture called Hidden Barn. And Russell's Reserve 13 is now an annual release with the next one coming soon. But before we get started, here is a quick word from our partners. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Welcome back, everybody. This week in bourbon, yet another week, yet more bourbon news. And I almost stumbled and said like anal at the front of it, but it was, it's <laughs> annual, annual release. So. Jeez, a lot's changed since I was gone for a week. It's gone... <laughs> It's gone triple X here. <laughs> we got anal releases. We got Jackie Zykin leaving. <laughs> All kinds of things are happening. Yep. But there's a there's a lot of good a lot of good news. I'm glad to have you back though. I think there's glad to be back. There is a there's a dynamic that misses when you're not here for this week in bourbon because it's just it just does it doesn't feel the same. It sure does. Yeah. We just need to relocate in the summer to Colorado. It's just no humidity. It's get to horseback ride, connect with nature. You know, here it's just the pit of hell where it just, it's just hot, humid, sticky sweat balls. <laughs> well, that's what, 
uh, Stacy Pritchard over at Watch Hill Proper. We were there this past week selecting some Woodenville rye barrels. And she described our current weather as basically just putting on a wet, warm blanket. And that is yeah, exactly what it feels it. like. Yeah, it's it's the air is thick. It's just humid. I mean, if I didn't have AC, I'd probably be just miserable. So it's like taking a shower, a hot shower, then sitting in a sauna to try to dry off or like a steam room <laughs> <laughs> trying to. Have you ever like worked out? And then you try to take a shower real quick. And then after you get out of the shower, you're still sweating. And you're like, this was yeah. an, like the antithesis of what it's supposed to happen because you're not supposed to feel that way. I hate that feeling. Yeah, sometimes I do the cold shower and it really perks you up, <laughs> get, get, you, <laughs> get your heart going, but makes you feel better. But yeah, I've, I've done that too, where you don't cool down. You just go in the shower hot and sweaty and you come out hotter than you were before. So. Yeah. You like you're trying to fix your hair, but then you got beads of sweat rolling down and it just it doesn't work. No, I'm sure everybody's loving this. Well, all right, here we go. On to bourbon. So this, of course, was news that happened last Thursday, but we record these on Wednesday. So if at some point somebody tries to send us a press release on a Thursday, and if it's should I say if it's past Wednesday at two thirty, it probably is not gonna make it into this week in bourbon. Or maybe past five PM. But either way, this was big news that broke uh, last week is that Bardstown Bourbon Company, you all know them. We're a partner with them. We love them and everything like that. Uh, but they have announced an agreement to acquire Green River Spirits Company, which we've had Jacob Call of Green River on the show before and producing some amazing liquid out there as, as well. But this acquisition is scheduled to close in July, and that's going to be subject to customary closing approvals and, condi and conditions. This transaction will bring together two leading Kentucky bourbon producers into a strong, independent spirits company with a commitment to Kentucky whiskey. Distilling more than 7 million proof gallons annually, Bardstown Bourbon Company is one of the top 10 distilled spirits producers in the country. As a complement to its innovative contract distillation capabilities, Bardstown Bourbon Company has steadily built its own brand through its award-winning Discovery, Fusion, and Collaborative series. Green River Spirits will add the Green, Green River brand as well as two production sites, positioning the combined business for continued growth in both Kentucky whiskey and custom distillation. Bringing together the historic legacy of Green River and the modern bourbon experience at Barson Bourbon Company, this will provide an enticing and distinguished selection of Kentucky whiskey for bourbon drinkers and visitors. The acquisition includes the historic Green River Distilling Company in Owensboro, Kentucky, which is the 10th oldest distillery in the state, and a state-of-the-art spirits production facility in Charleston, South Carolina which if I remember correctly, that was for their old Terra Pure stuff. And this is in addition to its flagship Green River Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Green River Spirits Company has a vibrant contract distillation business producing whiskey, rye, vodka, rum, gin, and flavored whiskey. It's glad to hear it finally come out. I think it's a huge win for current customers of Bardstown Bourbon Company for us. Um, <laughs> Selfishly for us. Yeah, it's uh, you, you're glad to see, you know, with Pritzker, I think that's how you say it, Pritzker, but you're always worried when a private equity firm has takes on a new, an entity and you never know what their strategy is going to be. Typically it's to kind of make things as lean and efficient as possible and then get it packaged and ready to sell. But all we've heard is great things and that they're, they're wanting to invest in the spirits business and Barstone Bourbon Company. And this is another sign that they're like really putting their roots into trying to capture uh, and be a leader in the the bourbon industry so I'm, I'm happy to see this i love jacob call at green river very talented distiller he was i remember going there when they were like brand new and they had the jetson 
<laughs> you know, tear up your stuff. The but he, the Jetsons of bourbon. I like that. But uh, <laughs> you know. I was more excited about his stuff that hadn't gone through the terrapure stuff. It was only like one or two years old at the time and it was very good. And I was like, Holy cow. And then of course when it hit four or five, it was even more fantastic. And we have a few barrels there. I'm actually going there next week to taste them. So, uh, but yeah, green rivers, you know, they've done a lot with the facility. Um, it's not quite as, you know, polished modern maybe. and polished as uh Bardstown bourbon company is, but it has a great, new visitor center they got a great like cocktail bar and vip lounge up there now um so they're gonna i'm sure bardstown will help you know improve that visitor experience there in owensboro and two that, that facility is a workhorse also it's a huge facility um the old medley distillery and then they got a ton of cool historical buildings and warehouses and i think it's just a win-win for everyone and I, i'd be interested to see what happens with you know, what do they do with the Green River brand, what do they do with the contract distillation at Green River versus there, you know, and does do they take some of the age product and use it for Bardstown stuff or vice versa or how how's it all gonna play out? So I guess we'll we'll keep you all in the loop and see what kind of barrels we have access yeah, to I, here soon. <laughs> I guess that's probably the best way to spread that information. But I honestly I thought this was a very interesting acquisition. I, I kind of look at it as was somebody from Green River, did they say, maybe it was like top leader level of ownership. They want to just go find somebody to kind of sell out to because they were done with it. And there might've been multiple people that were looking at this or whether it was Pritzker and Bardstown that were shopping and saying, we need to scale and we need to do it now. What's the easiest way to do this? Well, let's go find somebody else that does contract distillation and go ahead and start opening stuff up there. Because I, I remember correctly when we interviewed Jacob Call, he you know we talked about the contract stuff, be, but he kind of made it sound like they wanted to start reducing contract and start building up the Green River Band, or brand, and, and so it wasn't just going to be a, a, a big contract facility. But who knows if if you have a if you have the capacity to keep distilling, people want to buy it, and we all know how hard it is to start a brand and make that a, a nationwide staple. And so it's not like they can come out on day one and all of a sudden Green River is a bottle that's across the shelves on nation nationwide and people are eating it up and you've got reorders that are being fulfilled from distributors. Like it's going to take time to build a brand like that to be like an Elijah Craig or something. So if you have the distilling capacity, you're not going to just not distill, but yeah. instead you can just keep selling those barrels and, and kind of putting them on the open market. So I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm hypothesizing right now. But I look at yeah. it as, as a way that they, where they, they could potentially, you know, offload some of that stuff. And, and I'm taking it from another angle of, okay, if I was Green River, top level executive versus if I'm Jacob and, you know, I, I care about, you know, the brand and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think they'll keep the Green River brand, but I, I, I believe that Green River was more swayed that they were allocating barrels towards the Green River brand for the future of that versus contract distilling, whereas BBC was, you know, mostly contract distilling a little bit for, and then I think the problem BBC has had is that, you know, when they started distilling five or six years ago, and, and this is all pure speculation, they, you know, they just don't have enough inventory to satisfy the needs for themselves and for their existing customers that need more product. Like, you know, somebody like us, we try, it's impossible to get BBC distillate that's in the four you know, four and five year range. And 
I don't know, this gives them access to agent inventory. Maybe they don't use it for themselves, but they can offer it to their existing clients and to it offers them still space because they're on a three to four year wait list, you know, for new contracts. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's people with there, yeah, there much, are lots much smart better ideas of where the vision of future is going and other than us just kind of like hypothesizing about it. But I'm sure we will be able to hear more about this in, in due time and we'll make sure we share that yeah, with you as well. It is fascinating because I, I still don't quite understand the whole, you know, Green River and Terracentia, Terra Pure. Like, I don't know if like the Green River facility is just like in the one in Charleston that that's just like a little piece of like a bigger company and Terrace and just keeping or whatever that company is, is keeping a bigger piece, but it, this is a small, I don't know. It, it might've been a, like a, a deal where you kind of had to take it all and there was no piece parting it out. And so it's a, if it's a package deal, then they come and they have to take green river. Plus they're going to take the Terra stuff and who knows, maybe Bardstown ends up spinning off the Terra thing and they're like, okay, this will go to the highest bidder because we don't want to mess with this. Or, I mean, it's like everything else. Like there's innovations that are happening across the entire portfolio and they can use that for literally anything else. So if they want to use it for their rum or their vodka, um, or they just want to make another whiskey and put it out there because, you know, it's overnight bourbon, maybe that's something that you can do. I, I feel that we're going to be in this weird pinch for the next few years where people are trying to get product out the door. We just said it ourselves. We can't get product. And so how do you make a two-year-old whiskey taste like a four or five-year-old? Well, first you toast it. But then, then after that, maybe put in a Terra Century or something like that, right? Um, but there's there's different ways that people are going to try and, you know. Yeah, not that it would come into the U.S. market, but there's a lot of overseas market that that was going to, you know, that Terra Century process or whatever. Cause yes, that's what US like consumers stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, the U.S. consumers clearly were, like, not okay with it. <laughs> so <laughs> that, That'll tell you something. All right, let's yeah. keep going. we got a lot of news to still go through here. So our second headline was, of course, about Jackie. Um, we Everybody kind of knew about this that happened this past week, but Jackie was hired by Old Forrester in 2015, and she was already legendary in the bartending world for her palate and being rumored to have correctly identified several vodka samples in a blind tasting. However, throughout her tenure at Old Forrester, she was responsible for sensory analysis of whiskey, both for standard and special releases, as well as the single barrel program. Now, after seven years and what many would consider a dream job, Jackie has announced that she'll be leaving Old Forester on July 1st, which is plenty already passed, and she has partnered with 5280 Whiskey Society founder Nate Weinger and 5280 founding member Matt Danker and Royce Neely to create a new brand called Hidden Barn. And Royce Neely, of course, is of Neely Family Distillery here in Kentucky. So Winger and Danker had already been working with Neely to secure the barrels necessary to put out their first release. And now all they needed was Jackie to do the blending and the branding. The brand is distilled by Royce Neely at Neely Family Distillery and likely will always be, though this brand is separate from Neely's own brands. And this new brand's name is called Hidden Barn. The concept pays tribute to the black barns that dot the countryside of Kentucky covered in bedonia fungi that were grown, actually has grown where ethanol is meeting in the air. You can learn more about Hidden Barn at hiddenbarnwhiskey.com and bottles will be available to purchase later this month. Yeah, I read about this, I guess, on when it break, like Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, something week. like that. I mean, we talked about it in the round table that you weren't here for, but it was now the now the the, the curtain has been removed. Right, yeah. Now I we know exactly it, what yeah. she's doing with herself. So Yeah, I found it interesting. Um 
I, I just had no idea what she was going to do. I didn't know if she was going to go like to another company that was newer, you know, like Blue Run or something, or or if she was going to do her own thing. This is an interesting concept. She's a fantastic blender, fantastic palette. So it'd be interesting, you know, seeing, obviously it sounds like she's going to be working with younger distillate and more craft stuff. So to see her use her creative mind to like make something that's, really good and appealing to a whiskey geek using younger product. Well, health old Forester is probably four years old. So, you know, so <laughs> yeah. maybe it's not too much, too much difference, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Senior, I was reading, you know, she's excited about doing smaller barrel blend batches versus, you know, hundreds and thousands of barrels with the old Forester. So yeah, I, I found it interesting. I, I wasn't, I'm still trying to wrap my head around like, okay, how's this like a scalable, brand business. It, it seems yeah. like it's like a very small um, niche kind of thing but hell i don't know sounds cool and if you haven't heard about neely family distillery now you will this will put them on the map for anybody that is right just kind of on the outskirts of bourbon if like you're into bourbon but you haven't heard or been around kentucky i have yet to try any of the neely family whiskeys so i can't talk about it i can't say anything beyond that. I know we should be receiving a sample sometime soon of this new brand. So we'll be able to kind of see what she's working with. But yeah, as you kind of mentioned, it's tough to sit here and, and talk about scaling a brand at a craft distillery because it depends on how far you can go. Um, you know, if you're dumping 150, 100, 150 barrels, you know, maybe in six months, like that that could be all the craft distillery can actually pump out an entire year sometimes. So it's going to be right. uh, interesting to kind of see. I mean, I can probably do more than that, but uh, I'm sure they'll probably source from, I think I read too. There's like, they're, they're not saying that everything's going to be coming from. Oh yeah. Yeah. You so. gotta, you gotta read between the lines there. That's for sure. I'm sure the usual suspects will make their way in there. Some, some Indiana, some Sazerac. Yeah, when you want to scale, that's, that's how it works. Now, the yep. other thing that, that I thought was interesting, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate right here, was because we all know at this point, you listen to us and we've talked about it a thousand times, to do anything in the whiskey world, it takes at least six months. I would imagine that these conversations have been going on for like one or two years to even figure out exactly like how you're going to do this. And if I was Brown Foreman, I would feel bringing back the butt stuff here i'd feel a little butt hurt if i was brown foreman because you put in your two weeks notice and then two weeks later you come out with your own whiskey i mean i know there's moonlighting is is a thing but here's the thing is like i do tech and i do bourbon like they're not competing with each other right it almost feels like if i was a start if i was working at my tech company but i was also trying to build a startup at the same exact time and i was building my own technology and I was leaving my company go and launch this, it could be, there could be a lot of conflicting things that could happen there. So I find, a, I look at it and I think, gosh, if I was Brown Foreman, I'd be like, what? so you're telling me you haven't blended any of these beforehand. And, and I don't know, it just feels like it's, it's, it's a tough one to kind of roll the dice at there. Well, and who knows how long they've known that she's been, had this project in the works and true. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. I, I'm going to play the other devil's advocate. She <laughs> was going out to Colorado quite a bit on her Instagram stories, right? <laughs> a lot of camping. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. I don't know how it is to work like a big corporation like that. If you're, you know, you're their master blender 
or taster and like what I guess the non compete type of clauses are in there and like how far back can they go or how do they I don't know I, yeah it's true and I don't know about that and I know that even if you do have a full time job it, it depends on your your agreement that you have with your company because you could go and do consulting on the side you know you take PTO off and just go do consulting for whatever it, whether it's you know in your particular field or if it's not it just it just seems a little because I I just thought it just felt a little weird because only it does seem like it's pretty soon you know after yeah, she it's announced quick. that that's quick okay two we have weeks. one ready yeah two weeks we're gonna have our first whiskey release I was like wait a minute like that takes six months at, at the minimum to get something going so it had to been going even further than that so that's why I was just like I don't know I'm I'm trying to I'm not I'm not saying I'm not happy for I'm just trying to poke holes in in the scenario that's that's what we do best here <laughs> just trying to cause drama thanks I know I know. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, like I said, the proof is going to be in the whiskey. I can't wait to try it, and we'll be able to yeah. kind of talk about it I'm on excited. another future whiskey quickie as well. Yep. All right. Those were the two big headlines. Let's go ahead and with some other kind of news here that's that's happening as well. So, Milestone, or sorry, Millstone Spirits Group is the ownership arm of New Liberty Distillery as well as other known brands. They've announced that former Philadelphia Eagle and noted philanthropist Malcolm Jenkins as a board member and investor along with his company holdings of Malcolm Inc. Under the helm of master distiller Robert Castle, New Liberty Distillery has developed and deserved a reputation for unique and authentic craft spirits. With two-time world champion and venture capitalist Jenkins joining the ranks, the duo has plans to develop and distill a bourbon aimed at highlighting the disparity and lack of diversity plaguing the craft spirits industry by sourcing barley, wheat, rye, and corn exclusively from black and brown farmers. Yeah. I like Malcolm Jenkins. I I don't know my NFL that well, apparently. <laughs> I couldn't okay. tell you. Like, oh, yeah, he had this many touchdowns and ran for this. I was like, I got nothing. Yeah, you, you don't do fantasy, do you? I do fantasy, but it's like on auto not that, draft. But not that Malcolm Malcolm doesn't play offense, so he he's not a a uh, you know somebody you would draft. But anyways, he was a hell of a defensive back. So all right, I'm glad you're here to save us from not being a bunch of like idiots that don't know anything about sports. So I I appreciate you throwing that out there. NFL is way better in college, so you gotta <sighs> see. I I like college. I like college sports a, like a heck of a lot more because there's a chance. I think that something's going to get messed up. Like, you know, there's, they can, they can, a, a punt can get blocked. A field goal could be missed and professional. It's like a 95% chance that all goes according to plan. I don't know. You, did you not see the Super Bowl where <laughs> Russell Wilson tried to like, they like throw a pass at the one yard line and the Patriots intercept it, you know, to, to end the game and you yeah, think like okay. of course gonna, yeah. there's every once in a while there is a a fluke that happens yeah the the ball was deflated anyway so it didn't count <laughs> that's right <laughs> so capitalizing on the strong growth and growth potential of its american whiskey portfolio pernod ricard is creating a dedicated business unit called the american whiskey collective and it's to manage the marketing and production of its premium American whiskey brands. The chairman and CEO of Pernod Ricard North America said that the new entity will accelerate the company's journey to become the leading player in American whiskey in both U.S. and global markets. The new dedicated unit will be responsible for achieving the business objectives and leading future strategy development for Pernod Ricard's American whiskey brands, while also leveraging the company's broad network to drive global growth. In recent years, Pernod Ricard created two similar entities, which is called the Gin Hub and the House of Tequila to drive even greater success in their respective spirits categories. 
American whiskey sales are expected to account for a significant amount of Pernod Ricard's total volumes within the next five to 10 years. And the company's American whiskey export business also has enormous growth potential as well. All right. It's good news for all American whiskey. <laughs> for Jefferson's and Smooth Ambler <laughs> yep. and TX and um, missing one in there. Rabbit Hole. Yes. Rabbit Hole. Yep. Yeah. So, heck, if they can have more people do more marketing, that's uh, that's what you need. Got to be out there and boots on the ground, lips to liquid to lips, as they say, right? Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah. So here's a quick one. New Rift Distilling has broken ground for its new barrel storage warehouse. However, it's not in downtown, or should I say, whatever, the part of Northern Kentucky that where the their typical warehouse is. Instead, this is going to be in Campbell County. So the 55,000 square foot Northern Kentucky warehouse will include a capacity for 40,000 barrels and will create five new jobs. The new warehouse will add to Northern Kentucky's bourbon trail, also known as the Beeline, which will expand the bourbon experience for Kentuckians and visitors. The new Rift Distillery Warehouse is expected to be fully operational by 2024. Nice. The uh, P6 Blinko's building that one too? I don't know. I mean, don't know. you have their main warehouse. If I had to guess, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... My, my thoughts are going to go no, and this is this is why. So they have their main big uh, cement warehouse or whatever that actually has the music, the ricks in it, the ricks yeah. in it, and stuff like that. And then they have their other warehouses that are just palletized. And so if I had to guess, they're going to go palletized. I could be wrong, but when I know talking from Ken from our one podcast together, he is he knows costs and he knows sort of like what goes into it. And I would imagine that they're going to be comfortable just sitting on a bunch of pallets of bourbon and they'll be fine. I'm curious the case volume New Riff's up to now. We'll never have any idea, right? But <sighs> Everybody holds that information close. Who knows? I know. I don't know why. I feel like <laughs> badge of honor. Yep. They want to make sure they, they hold that information. Like it's proprietary or something. I don't know. Are you a Star Wars fan by any chance? No, zero. Me neither. <laughs> but I know there's probably a lot of other Star Wars fans out there. And Disney has unveiled its newest menu item from the Star Wars themed lounge on the new Disney Wish cruise ship. And it comes with a price tag that many may break the Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> anyway, oh, this gosh. week, <laughs> I'm just taking it straight from a news article there. I, I don't, I can't take credit for these bad jokes. They're actually great jokes, whatever. Are, are you sure you want a PR firm? <laughs> <laughs> This week, some special guests were given a sneak peek at Disney's newest boat, including its hyperspace lounge, which is decked out with galactic-themed decor. While the almost 1,100, well, I should say 1,119-foot ship features a variety of other attractions, however, there's one cocktail on the hyperspace lounge's menu that snagged most of the spotlight, and it's called the Kyber Crystal, and it costs a cool $5,000. So, oh, boy. The Kyber Crystal is named for an in-universe relic, is actually four drinks. And according to Next Star Scott Gustin, who was aboard the special sneak peek this week, he confirmed the cocktail's contents of a Camus Cognac 4.16, Yuzu and Kumquat, Grand Marnier Quintessence, and three shots. You have a Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve 23-year-old bourbon, Taylor Kingsman Edition Very Old Tawny Port, and Winter Shins Gin. All of this is housed inside of a 
Camtono, which is a cylindrical storage box seen in the Star Wars universe. And the $5,000 also comes with a special themed escort off the ship, in addition to a visit to Skywalker Ranch, which is the base work, or sorry, the work base of the Star Wars mastermind George Lucas. The Wish will take its maiden voyage on July 14th from Port Canaveral, Florida, towards a destination of Disney's private island in the Bahamas. Sounds like a Star Wars LIT bucket kit. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you nine straws coming out. <laughs> yeah. And you get an escort to come with you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, do they escort you off because you're an idiot and you paid $5,000 for the drink? <laughs> right. <laughs> be like, you get like, out of here. You're, this was the test that you're too into Star Wars. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> I mean, I know that Star Wars has a massive following. Like they've got, what, 42,000 movies and a massive uh, just ecosystem built around it. But man, I'll have a $5,000 drink. I'm sure there's going to be some people that, that bite into it, but be interested to see what yeah, that, that, that escort is, is like. I was listening to some about Star Wars fans, like like most of them are atheists and they were like, really, you're an atheist? You wait in line for five hours for, you know, for a, for a Star Wars like shoe to come out or something? You know, that's your religion. You know, it's crazy how oh, yeah. Star Wars like is like such a religion to some people. Well, I mean, it's it's a cult phenomenon i mean that's that's what it is and i think we might have talked about i think we talked about this at dinner the other night i was like i've never seen one star wars i've watched part of episode what i don't know whatever number one was because my daughter wanted to watch it she fell asleep within the first 20 minutes so i said okay that's easy i can turn it off but i do love and i'm a huge fan of space balls space balls the movie I'm a big fan of that one. Never seen of it. Golly. Oh, it's a Mel Brooks classic. We got to get you watching that one. Who's Mel Brooks? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, Young Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Nope. You got nothing here? Yeah, I'm like, God, you haven't Malcolm Genick. It's like Malcolm Jenkins to you. Maybe <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You stick with sports. I'll, I'll go with my 80s movies. There we go. Yeah. I'll have to put Spaceballs on the Plex. It's worth it. It's worth it, I promise you. My Schwartz is bigger than yours. All right, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back with some more bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon, and that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase. And go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Here we are, some bourbon release news coming at you. And I finished that up saying my Schwartz as big as yours, but you don't understand that one. And you don't understand I'm the- not the, laughing. Like the, the yogurt. I hate yogurt. Even with strawberries. Sounds got, funny. Nah, I know. It's swinging another miss. But okay, let's keep going here. So there's a new bourbon brand. However, it was created for the British market. So Culper Brothers 355 Bourbon is the UK's first veteran-owned bourbon brand. Four brothers in arms from the British Army partnered with Blackbridge Distillery, again, which is another veteran-owned. And so uh, it's 15 years of submarine service in the Royal Navy. This is a whiskey, sorry to say, it's a bourbon that's 86 proof. It is sourced, and they're talking about that as well. It's another five-year MGP. It's of their weeded mash bill, 51% corn, 45% wheat, 4% malted barley. This is a single-barrel expression, non-chill filtered, available exclusively on Amazon UK, and has an SRP of 55 pounds. But they do say that the 21% rye and 95% rye variants will be available later this year. Sounds, sounds unique. I I love being able to see like available exclusively on Amazon UK. Like we need this in America. That's like like a slap in the face. <laughs> How easy that is. I mean, they're just like, oh, okay, just put it in an Amazon distribution warehouse, and you can just pe- point people to Amazon and prime it over to you. Man, how one day, amazing. one day. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath for that one. I, I think it'll be a while to go, but uh, really cool to kind of see. Uh, a veteran-owned brand, actually a UK veteran-owned brand, actually coming out and making a bourbon for their particular market. So, yeah, and, and they keep it at a, the bourbon gospel. I like yeah, it. They keep it at a relatively decent price too, fifty-five pounds. I mean, you're probably I didn't do my conversion rate, but I think it's around like seventy US dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's fair. That's about right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look fifty-five pounds of USD. Oh, that was pretty close. Sixty-five dollars. So oh. being able to get it across the pond and put it on a, a, a warehouse shelf or something like that. So it's, it's right. Ross and Squibb. There we go. You're right. It's, <laughs> it's Ross and Squibbs. Man, we haven't said Ross and Squibb in a while. People are probably wondering what happened. We were on a this. tangent there for a bit. They're probably like, <laughs> just call it, take it back to MGP. Yeah, there we go. All right. So now that Jackie's out, Old Forcers figured out what to do. But they're already coming out with their next installment of the 117 series, and it's called Whiskey Row Fire. So this commemorative bottle honors the seventh anniversary of the fire on Whiskey Row that nearly destroyed the historic block. On July 7th, 2015, a four-alarm fire, sorry, yeah, a four-alarm fire ravaged the buildings on historic Whiskey Row in downtown Louisville. Teams of brave Louisville first responders were able to contain and extinguish the catastrophe, preventing the site for the Old Forester Distillery at 117 and 119 West Main Street. The block is now home to restaurants, bars, a hotel, and other businesses, and has become a tourist destination. In 2020, men and women of Louisville Fire, many of whom fought the blaze, selected eight single barrels from a lot, filled the same day they extinguished the fire. All eight barrels sold out in two days, and the proceeds were donated to Louisville Firefighter Disaster Fund. The remainder of the barrels filled that day slumbered an additional two years in the warehouse and are now batched together to create the 117 series Fireman Barrels. At nearly seven years old, these barrels are fully mature and wise in character. Old Forester Whiskey Row Fire is bottled at 100 proof and will be available starting July 7th at the retail shop at Old Forester Distilling Company for $60. 
And those are three seven fives, right? I believe so. Yeah, I yeah. believe they're three seven fives is what the the one seventeen release comes out to. But I do remember I like this those. fire happening. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do too. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I, I mean, it was at twenty fifteen. That was a few months after we started the podcast, and I remember the helicopters and the pictures and all that sort of stuff because we were really just getting into bourbon then, and everybody was like, "Oh crap!" There went. <laughs> all the investments that people were making into Whiskey Row right there. And that's the home of what you see now, Old Forester. Uh, it's the Hotel Distill. It's everything that's right there was just under a huge blaze yep. of fire. I know. I remember at the time there was like a lot of, because the historical society was like really strict about redoing that whole thing. And I think like at the time people were speculating, are they, is this just like to like say, F you, we're going to burn the damn thing down and start over, or, you know? Yeah, right. I heard some other speculation that the guy that owned a lot of it was trying to get out from underneath of it. And yeah. that was just another way that he could, I didn't think it, I don't think arson was planted on him by any means, but if I do remember correctly, there was a blended on an electrical fire is what it came down to because they were doing active, I don't want to say, uh, building maybe reconstructive maintenance because that thing was almost needed to be torn down. And so that's why yeah. if you go around there, you'll see the facade of one building that remains there. And that's essentially what they were going to do. And it took a lot of money for people to go and uh, restore that building. Yeah. Same thing happened with the Mictors. Well, their damn floor felt or something. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> I mean, Angel's Envy had plenty of problems too because, I don't know, people just want to buy these old buildings and think that like, oh, it'll be great. And then all of a sudden, yeah, nothing, even the bricks are falling apart. Yeah, nothing's nothing stable. But <laughs> I always like these 117s. They're, they're fun, unique. Mm-hmm. And 375s are good. You know, get more out to people. Spread the love. Spread the love. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a, I don't know much about country music. I'm not going to claim to be, but I do know of our next person. I'm sure a lot of people know about it as well. But Silver Screen Bottling, they recently teamed up with country music legend Alan Jackson for a new whiskey, and it's named for the color of the singer's signature cowboy hat, Silver Belly. The Country Music Hall of Fame member handpicked the premium whiskey cast with a new spirit that would represent his brand, and the distiller's notes come from Jackson's daughter, sommelier, and USA Today's best-selling author, Maddie Jackson Seligman. The whiskey is currently available in stores in Tennessee and will be soon available nationwide. It can be pre-ordered online at silverbellywhiskey.com. It's $40 and 91 proof. Is it hotter than a hoochie coochie? No, I can't. I can't. I can't help myself. I'm glad you know a few lyrics we'll throw out there. I love Alan Jackson. I mean, gosh, it was a couple. We were at the lake uh, Memorial Day, I think, and uh, I put on his greatest hits. And he's got a ton of great country songs. He's. I love that like early to mid '90s country genre. He had like Garth Brooks, Clint Black, Alan Jackson. You know, just some all-star singers then because it was like some what some good hootenanny kind of music or what it was still when it was just like good storytelling good fun it wasn't like bro country now it's like now it's like get my truck watch my cup spit (laughs) dip tonight (laughs) go chase some ladies or something like that yeah yeah i guess uh it's it's no when the thunder rolls how about that oh yeah that's a good one garth gosh gotta love garth 
All right. So this is a, this is a big one. We talked about in the very the top here is that the straight out of the Commonwealth of Kentucky comes the highly anticipated second release of Russell's Reserve 13-year-old bourbon. It's the oldest expression of the core range ever released by the favorites of Russell's Reserve. It honors the family ties that bind Russell's Reserve 13-year as a fitting offering to celebrate master distiller Eddie Russell, who celebrated his 41st anniversary at the distillery this summer and pays tribute to the distillery's heritage and legacy pioneered by celebrated master distiller Jimmy Russell. The exemplary, sorry, the exemplary 13-year-old bourbon showcases his son's Eddie's innovative talents and expert ability to develop complex flavors through careful aging and a keen sense for identifying only the highest quality barrels. Eddie Russell first introduced the 114.8 proof Kentucky Straight Bourbon back in June of 2021, serving as a shining example of the Russell's family mastery of bourbon making. By maintaining the barrel proof and opting to not chill filter, the 13-year-old whiskey, Eddie says, retains all the natural character of the bourbon. And bourbon lovers can rejoice that this celebrated whiskey will return with a limited batch and will continue to be released annually in small quantities moving forward. This will be available nationwide at $100 SRP um, at select retailers across the U.S. All right. There's a lot of buzzwords that were thrown in there. <laughs> Paying tribute, exemplary, uh, master of bourbon making. Like we've hung out, we've hung out with Eddie enough that, you know, he, he just loves hanging out and trying barrels. So <laughs> I was like, I, was like, I, I just I'm pretty good. It's like that song. I'm pretty good drinking beer. <laughs> I think it's, he's pretty good. Eddie's like, bourbon. I'm pretty good drinking bourbon. And that would be his song. I mean, when I, when I read that, I, I felt like there should be like this montage of like Eddie and video of like in a very dark warehouse and like slowly inspecting the barrels, but it's not like Walking. that at all. Yeah, Walking they just slowly, you know, it's, it's not as romantic as people think they've got a spreadsheet that says, Hey, here are all the barrels that are 13 years and older, go pull from them and try and make sure they're okay. <laughs> that's, right. that's really what it comes down to. Well, didn't that Shay, uh, gosh, I can't remember her last name. She's now with, Oh, from blue run. Blue, yeah. Didn't she like help with last year's batch or something? I don't know. Or, I, am I, I, I don't know. I, apparently she sniffed her way. To making yes, the best that's whiskey, right. yes, that's yes, what it was. She was pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So she couldn't even drink that, it, so she just sniffed it, and all of a sudden, she made the best whiskey in the she world. She got the gold nose. Yeah. I, I guess. I thought last year's Russell's 13 was really good. Some people think that they just like, you know, their standard 10-year-old single barrel. And I'm like, of course, you're going to like a cherry-picked barrel, <laughs> you know, that you picked over a blend of tons of barrels, but... I don't know. I thought it was really fantastic. I enjoyed it very much, and I'm excited to try it again. I have not had the Russell Reserve 13, and we oh, you haven't. No, oh, I'll bring it over to you. See, but I remember having this discussion with uh, an earlier podcast, and it was between it was with me, Fred, and, and Mark Rucker from the Bourbon Life, and I kind of talked about, and I, I'm still sticking by this only because I haven't tried it yet. It's like, is there a huge difference between a 10 year old bourbon and a 13 year old bourbon? When you're trying them side by side, now one and four, like that difference is is great, or one and three, but ten to thirteen, I don't know how much variation you're gonna get. And to say that this is gonna be commending the price, or actually a hundred dollars isn't too bad, but commending the secondary price versus just getting another solid Russell's Reserve pick, I don't know. I feel like there's a big imbalance. You just always like to find the negative. I do. I'm very pessimistic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's very pessimistic. I'm like, what can I put oh, bolts in? More? I know. I'm, 
I'm just trying to, you're right. Maybe I'm just not happy with myself and I'm taking it out on everybody else. And that's, and that's what it is. So what's going on, Kenny? What's, what's, the, what's <laughs> maybe, the deep down issue? Maybe, yeah, I know. Maybe I'm, I need to take some introspection on myself and look deep into my soul and figure out what the heck's going on with me. Why do I hate everything? You hate, you hate every release announced tonight so far. <laughs> True. Uh, well, um, I'm at least excited. <laughs> I, I haven't hated them all. <laughs> You're right. I kind of did, didn't I? Uh, yeah. The only thing I did, I didn't tell much about the Alan Jackson one because I don't really know much about Alan Jackson. Uh, it didn't say where the, the whiskey was distilled from anyway. So who knows? Could be Dickel, could be wherever. But anyway, it's Tennessee. Could I, be Georgia. Could be Georgia. It could be, could be from wherever. Well, I'm just glad they didn't say it'd be one more thing I'd have to stick my mouth and put in. So, <laughs> all right. So this is our last one. And thankfully, I, I don't think I can ruin this one too much because it's actually not bourbon. But I saw this and, you know, everybody's on the RTD craze. I said, heck, let's go ahead and talk about it anyway. So Diageo, you know Diageo, they own Bullet. They own a bunch of different stuff. However, they are now going into a collaboration with the Vita Coco Company. And they are announcing a collaboration to launch a line of premium canned cocktails crafted with a delicious blend of Captain Morgan rum and the refreshing taste of Vita Coco coconut water. So mm. these rum-based cocktails, and should I say, it says in the United States, rum-based cocktails are growing at 269% with a widely recognizable <laughs> well, peanut... go from zero to... <laughs> you go to zero to, uh, so to something. Zero to 260 cans. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. You can, you can kind of put these numbers and fudge them however you want, right? Yeah. But this can be called Vita Coco Spiked with Captain Morgan. And the Spirits line will be available with three delicious offerings, all starting with a perfectly balanced blend of the iconic Captain Morgan Caribbean white rum and Vita Coco's refreshing tasting coconut water. So you have the Pina Colada, which is finished with a flavor of fresh ripe pineapple, creamy coconut, and dark rum notes. The Strawberry Daiquiri, which is finished with a flavor of fresh picked strawberries, ripey juicy lime, and fruity rum notes. The Lime Mojito is finished with a flavor of fresh muddled garden mint, ripey lime juice, and of course, a touch of simple syrup. These will be bottled at 5% ABV, sold in 12 ounce cans, and has a suggested retail price of $15 for a four pack, and will be expected to hit shelves in early 2023. So you got some time. What's, to the, what's the sugar content on those? I uh, did not say, but uh, well, is there a bunch of sugar in Vitacoco or something? Or is there a bunch of sugar in Captain Morgan? <laughs> Well, both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm sure all the fruit flavors they're adding in there. Yeah. who's I think the, it, you know, so it's like the bourbon boom, the, the Buzics are making all the money with the warehouses, with RTDs, flavor bands, making all the money <laughs> on <laughs> all yep. these flavors. You just don't want to, don't mind the gold, sell the shovel. That's what it comes down to. But I do like these RTDs. Well, some of them, some of them are really good. Some are very bad, but. I would be, I, I love pina coladas, so I'd, I'd be happy. I, and I, I do like Vita Coco, the regular flavor. Like if you get the pineapple or any other, they're too sweet for me. But, um, and I like coconut anything. I like but mojitos. I think there should be a coconut, if, if we can get that toasted coconut rum from Heart, Heart Truth. Truth and an RT, that stuff, good Lord, that's good. Yeah, well, at some point they're gonna come out with it and be like, dang it, that was our idea. We did it first. We thought about it. I don't know. Maybe that'll be the next venture. We'll have to figure out how to do something with RTDs. So I, I feel that with that, we've already missed the boat. One or the other. It's already it's already made the two hundred sixty seven, yeah. two hundred sixty nine percent bump. So we're we're gonna and we're gonna maybe we missed the boat on bourbon already. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I didn't include it in here, but there was a news article that said that 
Uh, of course, mezcal and tequila are at all-time higher rates than whiskey is and stuff like that. And I'm like, dang it, not again. Well, we already talked about that. Well, we? it, it, there was another article, and this one came out by oh. IWSR. So more research to show that those are on the incline. But come to think about it, everything's on the incline. People are drinking, so I guess that, that all works out at the end of the day. No, they start with tequila, they end with bourbon. That's That's the best way to look at it. And yep. no matter what, good economy, bad economy, people are going to drink anyway. That's right. But that'll do it for this week in bourbon. We'll be back next week with even more bourbon news. Who knows? Maybe a good surprise. I'll more try not positive to be, news. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to <laughs> be so pessimistic and, and, you know, taking a dump on everything. But with that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Let's potty mouth, too. Toodles. <laughs>